Walking the fairways and the greens with the Aussie stars at home and away. Golf Australia's Inside the Ropes. Trying to talk uh, golf in the great state of Victoria with uh, the man who's been part of the national podcast right throughout the day and obviously a huge weekend with the US Open coming up and it's great for you to extend your contribution to Inside the Ropes, Michael Clayton. Thank you so much for sticking around. No problem, Andy. <laughs> you have to think it's a beautiful about that. Right? Day I think you just have to think about that, Hosey. Have some lunch. <laughs> hitting some balls. Um, we got three things in particular we want to talk to you about: um, your top five holes, your top five hidden gems in Victoria, and um, one of the many projects that you have got going on at the moment. Um, your company here in Victoria, the, the continual um, work that's going on at Peninsula Kingswood. So let's start with your top five holes in um, in Victoria. You're obviously a Great student of the game. You have an unbelievable brain and memory for this sort of stuff. Probably unrivaled uh, in golf in this neck of the woods, I'd suggest, Hazy. I don't know anyone who can go, oh, yeah, that 11 on blah, blah is rubbish and there's a tree down the corner there and if they took that tree and put it... Do you, have you met anyone like him? Not even close. No. <laughs> absolutely unique and in a brilliant way. I, yeah, true. Um, I was staggered a couple of years ago. Um, now I've forgotten his name. This is not going to sound very good, but the guy who you interviewed at the Australian Open on the side of the former Australian Open champion. Not Bill Rogers. Bill Rogers. And you, oh, yeah. you started asking him the question about uh, the last round when he won the tournament. And you could recall, yeah. you could recall the clothes that he wore on the day. And I was like <laughs> absolutely <laughs> bewildered. Yeah. And I think he was staggered. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so... Your top five holes in Victoria. If there's, if there's five holes that uh, you could play, you know, not time and time again, but but play a lot, what would the five holes be? Well, it's a tricky question because inevitably, I think the most underrated course in Australia is Royal Melbourne because I don't think people who play golf, a lot, most people appreciate it, some don't, but people who don't play golf have no comprehension of how great that place is. Mm. So... If you, you mean in a structural sense? What is what a, what a great piece of architecture it is. I mean, John Carroll is a friend of mine, a university professor, sociology professor. He said to me once yesterday, there are two man-made things in Australia of any worldwide architectural significance. And he said, the opera, Sydney Opera House in Royal Melbourne. Fed Square missed out. <laughs> Disappointing. Um, yeah. So, you know, in terms of it's amazing golf, mm. it's an incredible, incredible golf course. So people say, what are the why you could the fifteenth at Kingston is a great hole. Um, the fourteenth at Port Ferry is a really nice hole. There are, you know, there are every course. There are courses that even not very famous courses that might have one hole that's really good. But when I was a kid, fourteenth the par three at Port Ferry. No, down. the par four, four down the hill. Oh yeah, beautiful yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah, when I was a kid, yeah. the twelfth at Eastern used to, which is now a housing estate, used to, off the women's tee before the trees overgrew it and before they ruined the green was a tremendous downhill and uphill par four. It was a really good hole. But if you, if someone said, what are the best five holes in Victoria? Argue with four, five, six, ten, seventeen at Royal Melbourne. I mean, they're, you know, who, where are the holes that are better than those? That's the end of the podcast, Andy. There Thanks. you go. It's hard to argue. Yeah, I mean, yeah the Nationals got the, the old second at the National. I think it's the seventh now on the old course. The path is spectacular, but it's just a... It's a pretty par three with a nice mm. view, and you know the, there are some. I think the third on uh, Bob Harrison and Greg Norman's course at the Nationals is a really good hole, great diagonal ridge across there, and a, it's a great green site, and that's that's a really good par four. But in the end, argue against those five holes at Royal Melbourne. I mean, they're like some of the best holes in the world. So, 
Now the 15th and 9th and 15th at Commonwealth are great little short par threes. 15 at Kingston Heath, obviously I've mentioned that. I think the the members hate me for saying it, but the 8th at Metro off the women's tees, I think the best hole on the course is a great hole off the women's tee because the strategy of the corner works much better for the average player. And it's a great second shot where you can run it on or carry it on, mm. depending whether, you're, whether you've got a middle iron or a long iron or a short iron. But again, it comes back to to me. It always comes back to Royal Melbourne. What makes it is there is there something that's consistent that runs through those five holes that you've talked about that set them apart or, or, or sets a great hole apart? Well, what well, to me you could take Ben Crenshaw there and Bill Core, who are the best architects in the world. You, I mean, I know you know Ben loves that golf course. You could take him there. I'm sure the first time he went there and he played the fourth hole was like when it, when it was actually the 14th on the composite course. It was like. My God, this is how great is this hole? Is that second shot to the green? And you play the fifth hole is like one of the most beautiful par threes in the world. And six is, you can make an argument that six hole is the best hole in the world. And I think it's been, it's kind of been distorted a bit by the technology. But what well, yeah, a massive piece of ground down the hill over the, you know, mm-hmm. you pick off which, how much you want to get, get, go across to, and you know, that amazing green up in the hill there. I mean, 10 is one of the great short par fours. 17 is just a beautiful, you know, the great dog leg left hole around the hazard on the corner with the green angling from left to right with a big green side bunker on the right. So the further right you go, every yard you go to the right, the more difficult the angle for your second shot. So it sounds like strategy is the key thing that yeah. you're, you're well, taking into consideration. Bit, but, I mean, that hole's no different from the – the strategy is no different from the 15th at Metro or the 9th at Spring Valley. It's the same hole, but it's it's just on a much better bit of land. So mm. what about what about the – where does um, the number of options – on the way you can play a hole come into it. It, it, it. A lot of holes are you've got to hit it here and you've got to hit it there. That's They, they don't present multiple ways of playing the hole t- when you stand on the tee. That, that's not across the board, every golf hole. But if you stand on a tee and you can see half a dozen different ways of playing a hole, do you rate that highly? Yeah, that's why St Andrews is the best course. Because mm. every hole's got – you can hit it wherever you – plus you've got to – Work it out for yourself. I mean, the, golf is less interesting when when you're told where to hit it, which yeah. is going back to the US Open when they play those thirty yard wide fairways. They, the USJ tells you where to hit it, and if you don't hit it there, you go on the grass and you chip it out. But the old course, you can go wherever you want. You can the, the, nothing is dictated there, so you can figure out for yourself almost every shot. Apart from the first time where you've got to pitch it in the air across the water, you can hit. You can. Like Tiger did on the sixth hole, he putted it from like 80 yards short of the green one day. So you can hit every shot from with, with 10 or 6 or 8 clubs. Along the ground, up in the air, halfway along the ground, halfway in the air. You can play the 14th hole with your second shot down the fifth fairway. You can play the 16th out in the, on the second fairway mm-hmm. or the third fairway. So you can figure it, but you have to work it out for yourself. So that's why it's a, and it's constantly changing because the wind changes and the pin changes and the, the tees change. So it's, it's, a, it's a constantly changing massive different targets, really. What holes he let down at Kerr Lewis, Hazy? Is there one that you're particularly upset about? Didn't make the cut? No, no. Well, no. The, one of the, well, th- that's a great example of a course. That's, it's a good course. Not a great course, but a good course. And when I talk about great course, I mean, Royal Melbourne, I think, is the one great course in Australia. If, if you want to talk about properly great, then, you know, the top 10 or 15 course in the world, then Royal Melbourne's the one great course in yeah. Australia. So Kerr Lewis, when I say it's not a great course, it's a really good course. But the third hole there is a, by far the, it's a tremendous hole. I mean, you can put the third on any sandbelt course and it'd be people would talk about it as though it was one of the best six or eight sub three hundred and 
twenty yard holes in Australia. Yeah, it's a short hole. short par four, and you can make a two, you can make a ten. Yeah, and, and it's uh, unbelievable. And as Clay's just saying, with these other holes that are pro- probably a little bit even more exposed, even though that's high up on a hill mm. there, that uh, the wind can play a dramatic effect on, on how you play it each day, and every every round you play it, it's different. It's never the same way twice. It's a lot it's, like the, it's a lot like the only other hole like it is the fifteenth Victoria when. Every time you play, you're never quite sure what club to hit. I mean, the third at Kingston, it's a really good hole, but I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to hit it at the left bunker with whatever club won't get there and pitch it on the green. So it's either a three or a four iron or a two iron. And, you... mm. and the tenth at Royal Melbourne, I kind, of, I kind of know what I'm going to do. I mean, if I was a longer hitter, it would be more complicated because then I would have to go over the bunker or at the green. But I'm just going to hit a, dry, a three wood up the fairway and pitch it on the green. But the third at Carlos and the 15th at Victoria, I never know how to play them. Yeah, I never know well, what line think. to take, what yeah. club to hit. Because the wind's always slightly different, and so so those two holes have got elements that you know, most other holes of that type don't have. Mm. So, so you, you could argue that the the, the fifteenth of Victoria and the third at Kingston Heath, or the third at Kalua, so the, the the two best short par fours. They're really good holes. Yeah. Um, your top five hidden gems. This is the opportunity for people to get ready to get. We'll just give a heads up. People are going to get upset about not being. Yeah. They always get upset. Yep. So yeah. there's going <laughs> to be upset. I mean, a lot of golf courses around Victoria that think they are legitimately in the top five hidden gems in the state, and some of the players who play there probably don't want any. It's like a surf break. They don't want anyone to know about it. That's exactly right. So, I want the place to myself, and I don't want anyone coming here. And I think one of the great secrets, well, I'm sure, I'm certain it's going to be on Clates' list, is uh, a club that started to get its due publicity down in the southwestern district. Um, and, and, you know, it is a hidden gem uh, among world golf, really, I believe, Clates. And I'm sure I shouldn't preempt your list, but I'm sure Port Ferry is oh, yeah, going well, to uh, make an appearance. Well, Port Ferry's it's a bit like Arrowtown. Is it's the best? They're the two best value courses in the world for forty bucks or fifty bucks. It's you know they're tremendous courses. It's a long way to go, which is partly a good thing. It's a bit mm. like Perth. It's a you know it's a good thing. It's a long way away, and a bad thing. It's a long way away. But um, Port Ferry's got some beautiful holes on the ocean, and the holes and the holes away from the ocean are pretty good. And the seventeenth there's a really good hole that people don't think it's much good because they've just played 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 all along the mm. water and they mm. come to 17 and there's a, there's a farmhouse on the side and a road. But <laughs> if they stuck the ocean on the right-hand side of the 17th hole, they think that was a great hole too because it is a really good hole. It, it takes – I was talking to a guy when I was last down there and they were saying that – he was talking about the maintenance crew. Like they've, they've hardly anybody required to maintain that golf course. They don't have a lot of you – know, yeah, like like three have, guys. And, yeah. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a manager there, I think, and a pro and – the members kind of get in behind the bar, and it's a great, it's a great way to. Well, Australians are really good at making inventive golf. We're talking about the Sand Green Championships, and you know, you know, Australians are good at inventing places to play golf and keeping them going and sustainable. And Port Ferry is a great example of a club that it's five, five or six hundred bucks a year to be a member, and awesome. Green Feet's forty bucks, and, and they do fine. That's an outstanding well. cafeteria and bar there too. <laughs> it's Andy. a reason to move down there, Hazy. Oh, it's yeah. a reason. Well, it's to a move great to, town too. It is it's a, a great town. town. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's a brilliant uh, country. So town. that's in your top five. Uh, what are the other four? Uh, Trafalgar, I thought was really good. Vern Morecambe did it. So every Vern Morecambe didn't do great dog leg holes. One course that almost made the cut and didn't was Lee and Gatha, mm. but but which is let down by the really poor dog leg holes but the, all the straight holes at Lee and Gather are tremendous mm. and Trafalgar's got more straight holes so I'm putting it above Lee and Gather. more hills too two two really good country Vern Morecambe golf courses really good um, Kalos obviously has to be in there another Vern Morecambe another Vern Morecambe I haven't seen Horsham since the fire yeah it was funny that a lawyer rang me up a while ago and said we want you to testify on behalf of Horsham as to how much damage and how much it's cost the club 
when the bushfire went through and all the trees they lost, how much it cost them? I said, talking to the wrong bloke, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I haven't seen Horsham <laughs> since the fire, but yeah. it, was, it, was a, it was a tremendous Magnificent course. golf Really course. good. Yeah. Absolutely spectacular. And on a br- another brilliant piece of land too. Yeah, really good piece of land, yeah. L- like like Kulus, probably yeah. just, uh, you know, just, Geographically, topo- topographically, just an important piece of land. Well, you don't expect it, do you? Like it's got, it's no. a pure sand-based golf course, isn't it? Am yeah, I right? It is, yeah. It's, yeah, hard, it is, well, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. So it's funny. I drove to Mansfield yesterday and back, and you see some. You know, I mean, the Arrow Valley is not. It's great land for vineyards, and it's not great land for golf. And you know that Mansfield's not. You wouldn't say it was good land for skiing and. Whatever, but not great land for golf. But mm. I mean, Trafalgar's a great bit of land for golf. Leon Gath is really good. So there are pockets of rural Victoria that have really good bits of land for golf and parts of it that aren't so good. But now, Sh- Shepparton's a good, yeah, you know, great, really yeah, good little yeah, land course. Yeah, great members, great members up there. And, and, I, yeah, and you can't, I mean, I think the, the Mornington Peninsula is that kind of a hidden sort of pocket. Well, of there's one in there that doesn't, it never gets the recognition that it deserves, mm. I reckon, amongst the many, many good courses down yeah. in that neck of the woods. Yeah, St. Andrews Beach is, I think, really good. I mean, it's a really good golf course. And Portsea's good. Portsea's a tremendous course. I mean, I mean golf on the Mornington Beach is really fun. Mm. You know, I think there's, you can argue there have been some missed opportunities and I think it's more than encouraging that Tom Doak is going to redo the ocean course of the National because I think he'll do a great job with that. Is there a better collection of, oh, you'll probably say Royal Melbourne, East, West, or and composite by them. But is there a better collection of green complexes on a single 18-hole golf course than exists at St Andrews yeah, Beach? I, think I like them. I think they're pretty good. I must they're awesome. The, yeah, they, they're good. The 18th green needs a little work to get a pin up on the left. But, yeah. Um, and oh, they that shot into t- the second. That Second's a really good – yeah, I mean, there, some people have a love-hate relationship with the third. I like it. Well, I, can't, people, I don't reckon I've ever hit – I can't get it through the mount. I'm left or right every yeah, single there, there, time. Yeah, there are too many of those rushes on the right, and it'd be good to clean out the the hill left of the bunker and take that tea tree off and open, make it a little more accessible. But it's a magnificent yeah, golf course. Yeah, it is. It's it's a, a, have it's you, a really you spent much course. time playing down there? No, I've only been there once. Well, that's a disgrace. Yeah, really I'll, I'll rectify. You that. need to rectify. I'll I'll help you rectify. We'll go to every game one day. In fact, some people missed a, a big opportunity to buy that place when it was. Abandoned for two years. Yeah. They were, they were, I've got a beach Cheap. house. I've got a house down the road. I, it was shut for eighteen months, and I used to go and play it. And there was there were two guys cutting it, and it was it was this abandoned golf course. There were no flags, and there were holes in the but no flags. And it was just a, it was the most fun you could have playing. So golf. can you clear this up for? Is that a true story? So it get shut because it was going to be one of those big private members courses that yeah, never took it fell off. Fell apart. Yeah, got shut. Got so shut. the grass grows. No, you know. there were two guys who maintained it. But didn't they only cut the greens and the tees? No, they cut the green. No, they, they cut the fairways. Tees, fairways, and greens. Oh, so, they, so it was okay, perfectly right, playable. Yeah, yeah. But they left the bunkers alone, which was perfect, because the bunkers kind of blew out and evolved into what they are now. So that was the best thing that happened to them. Mm. But it was a, you know, there were some clubs who had a chance to buy that place, and they missed a great up. I mean, in 100 years' time, that'll be seen as one of the worst decisions ever <laughs> made by it. And a Chinese owner came in and bought it, and he's, he's doing well with it. It's and, fine. It's a, it's a great asset. Um You've got a lot on the company that you're part of, that you, yeah. your name's associated with. And one of the big projects that um, you're doing is Peninsula, the Peninsula site as part of the Kingswood Peninsula yep. merger. The South has been open now for a couple of months, maybe three a months, month, three, month, three, maybe four. Um, and the North's coming along. Yeah. Uh, I happen to be a member down there, so I'll declare that. Played there yesterday. Um, and it, the, of the green, they are the greatest greens. 
is pure distinction on whatever it is, Michael. That grass yeah, that is good. on those greens is just unbelievable to putt on. Yeah, it's good. Well, I guess the long term is a test. We'll see how it yeah. goes in. So it was like in ten years, but yeah, it looks incredible. Are you happy now. with the way Souths sort yeah, of bedding down? Yeah, sounds good. I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we've obviously we've got to do the. We can't do the tenth or the eighteenth until the road gets done. The, mm. the drive, they're, they're rerailing the the driveway in, so that we're we're waiting to really finish that. But and is that a, a work, like you don't quite know where? No, we know where it's going. We're just okay, going to wait till it's okay, done. Right. Yep. Yep. So, so we can move the eighteenth green a little to the right, and the tenth green has to go to the left, and we might be able to stretch the eleventh tee back on the other side of the road a little bit. But um, the south is. Good, really good. I think it's a. It was always the better course there. We did a lot of work there ten years ago on mm. the north, and the north was a really bad golf course forty years ago on a really good bit of land. It was a staggering sort of failure in terms of golf course architecture. But you know, if you're given that course to Alice McKenzie on that bit of land, mm. it, it would have been a top five course in the country probably. And when will the north? Well, the north kind of parts of parts for the grass. Those back holes of grass from. Uh, 11 through to 15 are grass. Most of the rest of it's built. We're sort of doing the second, third, fourth now. So we've got the eight, the second half of the 18th to go and the first. So, so it's, a, you know, it's, it's nine months away from playing it probably, but it's, um, it's a great piece of land. So if we do a decent job, that course is going to be rated right up there as one of the you know, best courses in the country, I think, but, but, which is what it ought to be because the land mm. is so good. And it was a really good routing. It just, you know, it, it was it was a, the routing was good. But it's just if it makes any sense, the holes weren't because mm. you, know, you know the sixth hole was a dreadful dogleg that we finished up. We took the trees off the corner and straightened it out, and we, which are two criticisms we seem to get all the time. But that was the only way to fix it. Mm. And, and it turned into you know, I think it's going to be a really good hole. And you know, we've got the ninth tee back and in a better spot, and we've lengthened it out. So if they ever get a tournament, it's, you know, it's going to be a legitimate tournament course. Even though we don't have an Aaron Hills, so in terms of how far Adam Scott and those guys hit it, we don't. And back to Royal Melbourne, we don't really have a course in the country that's Ball long proof, enough to yeah, test right, those yeah, guys yeah. anymore because you know the, the ball's so out of control now that you know you watch Todd Sinnott play Metro. It's it's like me playing off the women's tees, watching him play off the men's tees. It's mm. just a pitch and putt course. But you know, so we don't have a really. But you can get around that by knocking the par back to a 70 and building a couple of really, you know, I mean, you can legitimately build 465, 70-metre par fours now mm. because that's what they are for scratch players. And you know. Other than a chunk of granite that you don't expect to bump into with a tractor or something like that, what's the biggest <laughs> obstacle you confront when you when you come to a course that's got a, you know, a big committee and a big membership base? And is it financial? Is it uh, just <laughs> well, progress? What is it? Well, you, a big committee and a big membership base. Yeah. That, because they're emotional things. I mean, you know, Mackenzie wrote about the amazing thing about golf is every man has an affection for the particular mud heap on which he plays. And it's true <laughs> that you know, members love their courses and, and they love them for what they are. And their fear is that if you change it, they mightn't love it so much anymore. And they're not looking many times at the architecture or how you might improve it. or So... You know, it's always a long and involved debate with the members about the changes you might want to make, and you know you've got to make a decent argument. And there are some who will never be convinced, and some who will perhaps only be convinced after the work's done, and they might be gradually a bit, "Well, you actually did a good job there." And the critics are always going to, you know, be critical of things they don't like. And there are things that we've done that we don't like either. You know, it's not like we're all perfect either, but but there are emotional things to deal with, and. You know, I played up at Mansfield the other day. We, we did a plan for them years ago and 
you know, there were some things they liked and some things they didn't, which was that was fine. It's okay. I mean, in the end, it's their course and you can't force anyone to do what they don't want to do. But, you know, sometimes it's frustrating speak, speaking to people who don't want to listen or don't want to hear. But that, that's the way it's always going to be in the line of work we do on established courses. So, so one, one one thing, Andy, well, just on this, you, you, I mean, people who don't like what you do with courses, some might accuse you of, you know, I don't know, wanting to go into the Amazon with a chainsaw, you know, that sort of thing. It's really important to think about what the courses are going to look like with the trees you plant in 10, 20, 50 years' time, isn't it? Not just plant them because they're pretty today. I mean, a good example, uh, this is totally me talking, Clay, so I don't want to get you in trouble, but no. a great example to me is the 18th at Commonwealth. Yeah, where you can now see the left-hand green side bunker from the left-hand side of the fairway. So It's so pe- much better well, People are, it's so are much critical better of what we did there. It's like, well, do you seriously think when... Berryman and Lane built that hole, right. built that beautiful green. They meant you to stand on the left side of the fairway and not see the bunker. Mm. Was that what you're seriously arguing? Mm. Mm. And some people would argue, well, some people would try and push that case. But trees are, an, are a frustrating and, and annoying argument to have because I've got a ream of quotes on my computer from you know all the great architects, old and new, all the great writers, old and new. And they all argue the same thing about trees. They all argue trees are fine, just as Harry Colt said, they're part of the scenery, not part of the stage. Hmm. Keep them away from the golf. But you know, golf courses in Australia got overplanted or, or, or enthusiastically planted by amateurs in the 20s, 30s, 40s and 50s. And only now, 60 and 70 years later, do we see the results of the ultimate results of the plans. So those who planted European trees... 70 years later, they're all reaching their senescence and they're dying and they've got to cut them down. And those who planted mahogany gums planted trees that were completely the wrong tree to plant on a windy site by the coast. So they get old and big and they're dangerous, so they get cut down. And no one went out and planted coastal manor gums, which were the indigenous trees. Mm. So the north course of Peninsula is almost purely now a stand of indigenous coastal manor gums. That looks amazing Mm. because you get rid of the spotted gums, which are fine in New South Wales, but why would you plant a spotted gum in Melbourne? Mm. Why, I mean, we, we had an argument in Caranup about spotted gums at Lake Caranup, and someone sent me a CSIRO report where the spotted gum was the number six on the top, len, top ten list of weeds in Western Australia <laughs> and all the reasons why not to plant <laughs> spotted gums in Western Australia. Wow. You know, so, so the history of the Australian environment, flora and fauna, is bringing in yeah. – Pests that don't belong. Let's bring in some rabbits. Let's bring in two rabbits. Mm, That's a course. good idea. Yeah, cane yeah, toads. You know, yeah. you know, and, and kaikuya and carp and oh. cane toads and blackberry bushes. Blackberry bushes and let's plant cypress trees at <sighs> Mansfield. Like you know, Mansfield's got the most magnificent river red gums on that golf course. And the, you plant this down on the fourth or fifth, fourth tier, fifth tier at Mansfield. There's an amazing river red gum blocked out by a rotten golden cypress tree. It's like, why are you? I mean, it's not my golf course. They, if they're, because they're the like, colours look fine. beautiful in autumn. But that's why. What? Cut, the, cut the tree that's down. Why, that's why. Yeah. You know, so fine. trees are a long and emotional. Emo- but you can say, well, you've got that list of quotes on your computer. You've just picked out every quote that suits your argument. I said, well, I'll give you every book I've got, which is basically every golf architecture book ever written. Go, you can plow through all that. You go find someone arguing the opposite point. Yeah. No one's arguing the opposite point. Sorry, Mario, I wound him up. No, 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 it's a great note. I, well, you and I could listen to him yeah. banging about this for a long time. And, um, yeah, because trees are, you talk to Gil Hans and Tom Doak and all the guys who are working on the established course in America, trees are always 
a massive issue and a massive... I was watching some know, tournament in, um, on no. the European Tour event a couple of weeks ago, and there was, I, I can't remember whether it was the Nordia or the one before, but there was water down the right-hand side of a hole, and that was its, that, that's where you're not supposed to go with your second shot mm. to the green, water on the right of the green, ran all the way down the fairway up to the green, mm. and there was a tree planted on the fairway on the right-hand side of the, in front of the water. Mm. So you can't, you can't draw your ball around the tree to get to the green. The only way you can play your way around as par five is to just hit these little straight or, or gentle fades mm. around the tree, which means you're hitting it away from the water hazard. Mm. So yeah. there's a tree there in the planted on the fairway that was just, I don't know enough about this sort of stuff to be in it, but you're watching, you go, well, why is it? That, that tree surely is preventing the water from ever coming into yeah, play. Yeah, it's just, just ridiculous. Well, Jane Nicholas has got the other great quote about trees. He's talk, talking about Pinehurst number two, and he said, it's the best golf course I know from a tree, ta- a tree standpoint. It's a totally tree-lined golf course without one tree and the playing strategy of the course. So trees are hopelessly overused as part of the strategy of golf. Because hmm. golf, golf is – and St Andrews proves it, I think – being the ultimate model, is that golf's a game played around hazards on the ground. Yeah. So, so it's the undulation in the ground. It's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the bounce of the ground. It's the wind. And it's the heather and the heath and the, and the roughs and the grasses and the, and the bunkers and the dunes that make the game interesting. And when, as the game moved inland, which it inevitably did, the great architects, you know, Harry Colley did Sangdale and you know, the great courses in America, the National Golf Link, Shinnecock, Augusta, those guys understood that trees are inevitably a part of the game because they're inland, but keep them away from the golf. So employ the strategies of the of the links courses, which are the ultimate courses, but use the trees, but use them as things to make the land beautiful, but keep them away from the golf. Um, and, and people who misplanted golf courses imposed them too much onto the play of the golf. People will be interested to hear what you said about all of that, but there'll be some people who are still filthy about the fact that their course hasn't been mentioned in your top five hidden gems. Don't <laughs> don't lay your don't lay your grief at uh, at Hazy and I <laughs> at Michael Clayto fifteen at Michael Clayto fifteen is where you find him on Twitter. He's got Port Ferry, Trafalgar, St Andrews Beach, Kerr Lewis, and Horsham. If yours deserves to be considered. In the top five hidden gems in Victoria, as you've heard, Mike Clayton outline them here. On Come on, Tambo. Come on, Trenton. No, we should have Trentham. Uh, Trentham, Trentham, you once said about Trenton. Trenton's the really best good. Putting, best yeah, power best, putting yeah, greens in Victoria. For, for two on the ground stuff, exactly. they're amazing. Yeah. And um, Dunkel for sand green courses. Dunkel. I'm, I'm, I'm play, remember playing the. Don't go squaring up now. Sand green championship <laughs> at Dunkel. You had the chance to yeah, mention uh, them in your top five, and you left them out. Was so. the Royal Hotel? Royal Mail. Royal Mail. Yeah, that's a proper. It is. I think it's Royal Mail. Yeah, Royal Mail. always fun. Thanks for coming on. Michael Clayton, our special guest here on Inside the Ropes of Victoria Edition. Hazy, always good to see you. You too, Murray. And just a reminder to all those who want to listen to back editions of the Victorian podcast is to go to the Golf Victoria website. And just like yourself, if you're more attuned to the podcast arrangement these days, you can go and get the national version at iTunes. And once you subscribe, your phone will just... It'll just download them for you. Yeah, it's gold. Once you're into it, you, you can't even get out of it. It's It'll that even good. tell you when you've got the, when it's <laughs> there waiting for you. You get a little red number on the thing that goes, you've got one here. Go and listen to it. Uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. Uh, we'll be back next week to do it all again.